Well, hello everyone. My name is Lynn Wilson and welcome back to Hope For Today. And today, that's exactly what I wanna do is I wanna give you hope in a very, very, very practical way. This is going to be a little different than we've normally done, but it's just something God's really just been laying on my heart of late. And I'll tell you, there were so many little things that happened the last few days. And I thought, you know what? God is just speaking. He's speaking to my own heart. Things, lessons. How many of you have had a lesson you've learned? And then after you've learned it, you sort of got complacent. Yeah. Raise your hand. Yep. Me too. And then you forgot the lesson you learned and you have to restart all over. And well, there we are today. So Again, this is practical. This might be something you want to get a piece of paper and a pen out for. And you can pause this right now and come back and catch up with me. But here is the topic for today. Gather your fragments today. What? What kind of hope is that? Gather your fragments. Well, we're going to walk through this together. The older I get, the more I realize how much my grandparents and my parents taught me. There were things that I learned as a child, or maybe not they sat down and taught me, but I observed and I, I learned that I was taught through their actions or their examples of things, especially my grandparents. They um, raised a family during the Depression, and my dad lived through the Depression as a child. And, and you know, the stories they would tell, and, and um, I didn't grow up in a home that was well off, but we had. We, we didn't want for anything. We had what we needed and our basic needs, clothing, food, and all that. You know, we were fine. We were good. So, um, you know, fast forward in my 20s, 30s, and so on, you know, I would watch older people get junk mail, and they'd save the little envelopes and the scraps of paper, and they would use that for like a writing tablet. And I used to think, just throw that paper out. What are you keeping all that stuff for? But they would save everything. They'd save every twisty tie. And you might be chuckling on the other side of this camera going, I still do that. You know, they save every rubber band and every paper clip and every little thing because they didn't have. And they were appreciative of what they do have. They say wisdom comes with age. And I'll tell you, the older I get, the more wise I become. I, I want to grow. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better woman. I want to be a better believer. I want to be a better Christian. Um, I want to just be a better person, a human being in this life. And, uh, you know, I heard someone say the other day, and I, uh, I told her I'm going to borrow. She's a friend of mine that has a podcast. And you know I'm always telling you, we only have one life. We have to live it. You cannot go back and relive the past. And she said, people, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is called life, and we're doing it. And I, a friend of mine, Jan, on her podcast, she said that, and it stuck out at me. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is what we're doing. We are in it. We're living it. And someday it'll be over. And you cannot go back and fix those things. So as you get older and you become more wise, hopefully, that will stick in your brain more. And all those things you learned when you were younger that you made fun of and you thought were silly and so on and so forth, you realize now that, whoa, that was important stuff. So today we're getting practical. I mean, real practical. We're talking about food, provision, and blessings. And you're gonna say to me, food? How is that scriptural? What, what kind of, you know, what kind of hope is that, food? and provisions and blessings. Okay, so we have 10 points we're gonna to cover today. So get your pen out, 
take some notes if you want, or you can go back and re-listen to this. But here are the points that we're going to review today. Number one, we're going to talk about storing up for the future, and I'm not talking about hoarding. Number two, what we've learned through the pandemic about storing up. And you might say, what does the pandemic have to do with the Bible? Hang on. Bear with me here. Number three, what happens when it snows? Number four, doing things in order. Number five, do unto others. Number six, serving others. Number seven, our small things are worth miracles. Give it up to God. Ask for blessings. And number 10, gather your fragment, fragments and it's a full circle. So I'm going to read some scripture to you. We're going to be in Proverbs 21:20. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools go gulp theirs down. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fools gulp theirs down. Then we're going to go into 1 Corinthians 14:40. Let all things be done decently and in order. Then we're going to be over in Matthew 7:12a. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Now we're going to jump over to Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. I'm going to read this on a more simple version, just so it just sort of sums it up a little bit quicker and easier for us for today. But I want you to go back and really read in Matthew chapter 14. Get the King James out or the New King James or NIV or whatever you use. Something that gives a little bit more detail so you can see the full picture of what's going on here. Most of you are probably familiar with this passage, but we're going to look at it together. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he went off by himself in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowd saw where he was headed and followed by land from many villages. So when Jesus came out of the wilderness, a vast crowd was waiting for him, and he pitied them and he healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, It's already past supper, and there's nothing here to eat in the desert. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy some food. But Jesus replied, that isn't necessary. You will feed them. What? They exclaimed. We have exactly five small loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up into the sky and asked God's blessing on the meal. They broke the loaves apart, and they gave, he gave it to the disciples to be able to place before the people. And everyone ate until they were full. And when the scraps were picked up afterwards, there were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. About 5,000 men were in the crowd that day beside the women and children. Hmm. What can we learn from all this? I've given you 10 points. I've given you a bunch of scripture. How does, what, what, you know, go back to the title here. Gather your fragments today. What are you telling us, Lynn? You know, what's so practical that you feel God is just tugging at your heart about this? And how does food play into scripture? And, and how does that bring me hope? Well, here we go. So first of all, let's go to the end of the story. And then we'll go back to the beginning. So feeding of the 5,000, that's how I grew up as a kid. Oh, the Lord fed 5,000 with five uh, loaves and two fish. And in my mind, you know, we got a nice loaf of Wonder Bread as a kid and got these nice big fish. And not that that would feed 5,000, but, you know, you just, in your mind, you kind of picture something big. And when you really read the scripture, it says there were 5,000 men 
and women and children. So if you go to commentaries and you read up on this, any, they guesstimate because of the size of the families that they had back then, there could be anywhere from 15,000 to 25,000 people with women and children. And it says they came from many villages. So they came from all over. And it wasn't like just this town came over here. There was a lot of villages involved here. And if we go back to the beginning of the story, the Lord had heard some prior, if you read in scripture prior to this, the Lord had had some sad news given to him. So he needed a moment to sort of regroup or be alone or pray, or I'm not really sure, um, you know, what the, all that the Lord did while he was there, but he needed to remove himself and have a moment. And uh, he was feeling sad. He lost someone that he cared about. And you know, what a perfect example of there are times we need to step back, take a deep breath, kind of regroup and get reorganized in our brains or whatever we need to do and pray and, you know, just have that moment. But how many of us will come out of that moment or maybe we're not quite out of it? I don't know that the Lord was out of it. If you want to say from that moment, he was still feeling sad, I'm sure. But um, we have an attitude, you know. Um, excuse me, you don't know what I'm going through. And, you know, maybe we don't even say that, but we become entitled of, why are they bothering me? I, you know, I'm going through a lot. I don't need to be bothered. Here's an example, example from the Lord that he was sad and had to go away and be by himself. But then it says, when the Lord came out of the wilderness, there was a vast crowd. They were waiting for him. Now, again, if it's 5,000 men plus women and children, you know that these families were larger. Let's let's go to the max. Let's say 25,000 people. I don't know that I've been with 25,000 people anywhere. That's a lot of people. I don't go to big events and I've never been to anything that I can even think of that there were that many people. Like together, like we're not talking, you know, over an area. We're talking, they're all here. They all want to see Jesus. They know what Jesus can do. So as he walks out, there's this vast crowd. Jesus didn't have an attitude and say, excuse me, first of all, do you know who I am? And I've just been through a rough time and you people come follow me and you want me? No, no, no. The Lord did what he was instructed to do. You know, there's a verse in Matthews. I can't think of the scripture reference, but it says the Lord did not come to be served, but he came to serve. Stop the presses right there. We have no excuse. The Lord came to serve, not to be served. So here he comes out of the wilderness, feeling sad, having lost someone very special in his life. But he stops right then and does the ministry that God has told him to do. How many of us would stop in our tracks in the situation that we might be going through and continue to serve the God of creation because he's asked us to do something? Remember we talked about what's the ark that he wants you to build? Are you building your ark? Are you doing what God told you to do? in spite of those that are around you or in spite of how you're feeling. Then he came out and he healed them. So this is what he's doing. He was called and told, today this is what you need to be doing. Today you need to be doing this. That evening when it was all over, the disciples are looking around and I'm paraphrasing and condensing quite a bit of this, but the disciples looked around and they're like, what are we supposed to do here? Now picture, okay, again, picture maybe 25,000 people and there's this one little kid somewhere in the crowd how do you find this one little person in 25,000, even if it was 15,000, if it was 5,000, how do you find this one child that has five loaves and two fishes in the crowd? 
right there. You're like, you think about that. This little kid, and he's got, you know, probably packed a brown bag, you know, the way we would say, you know, brown bagged it that day. Put this little bread together, little fish. Now, it doesn't say the fish were this big. It could have been two little sardines for all we know. Most likely, I can just see that. I even looked up what the bread would look like, the barley bread, and it looks like a, possibly like a little pita bread, maybe about that big. You know how we would take a pita and put some tuna fish in it and munch on it? That's probably the concept of what this is. We're not talking gourmet here. We're not talking artisan bread from the bakery and, you know, we're talking a very simplistic meal. And so the disciples, they, they looked around and, you know, for one said, you know, they're all negative, you know, perspective. Just send these people away. Just tell them to go buy food. Go send them back to the villages. They can buy food. Someone else said, you know, we don't have enough money for all this. You know what's going to cost us? And somebody else then said, I, I think it was Andrew, if I remember right, said, to, you know, this little boy, is little, this little fish and little bread, what are we supposed to do with this? Lord, you know, but what did the Lord say? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. We can bring anything to the Lord. I don't care how little it is or how big it is. We can bring anything to the Lord. How small. First of all, he gave it to us. So it's not the size of it. The Lord already provided it. Whatever you have, whatever gifts and abilities, whatever food, whatever your car, whatever home, anything you own, everything, everything belongs to the Lord. Don't assume I did this and I earned and I, you did nothing. Without him, you are nothing. But with him, you're everything. If you want hope today, know that you have been chosen by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He handpicked your name to take to the cross. He handpicked you so much so he knows every hair on your head, every thumbprint, every single, everything that tingles through your body. The Lord Jesus Christ is aware of it. He knows what clock is ticking in your life. He knows the day you were going to be created and he'll, he knows, knows the day that you'll be going to heaven or to hell. I trust you are going to heaven. And if you don't know that you're going to heaven today, you need to pick up the phone and you need to dial America's Keswick and ask someone how you can know for sure that you can go to heaven. So Jesus replied, bring it to me. So then what did the Lord do? He took the loaves and the fishes and he pointed it up to heaven. You know, I wonder if if I'll take this as a plate, if we just took our food and we held it up and said, Lord, bless this. If we did that physical act and actually held it up, held it up. Can you imagine sitting at the dinner table and everybody, okay, plates up and you lift your plate up. He lifted it up. The Lord lifted it up to God and said, God, bless this. How many of us have been taught to thank the Lord for our food? And we utter a prayer that is, ritualistic and Lord bless this food. Thank you for providing. Amen. Do we even know what we said? Is it heartfelt? Are we really grateful? I, I'm just as guilty as you. You know, we get into this. Thank you for the food. Amen. Whoop. And we shove it down our throat. That's sad. That's really sad that we have forgotten to truly be thankful and grateful for everything that we have. We have too much, I think, is the problem. We really do. The Lord has been over generous with most of us. I don't have a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money in salary. We're on a missionary salary. You know, things are paycheck to paycheck for us. I am still blessed. I have more than I could ever use or want. 
Even though my paycheck is small, God has blessed in so many ways. Then what did the Lord do? After he asked for the blessing, he broke the loaves apart and the fish, and he said to the disciples, here, I need you to take this to the people and feed them. But before he, that, he told everybody, sit down. You need to sit down. He wanted order. You know, it would be like when they, you know, during the pandemic and they opened the, the store and everybody, we're all out of toilet paper and run and everybody's running in the store and grabbing and pulling and stuff's all over the place and it's chaos. No, no, no. You have 25,000 people who are hungry. It's the end of the day and they all need food. And all of a sudden the Lord has this food. He said, first of all, sit down. Then he asked for a blessing. He broke it apart and he handed it to the disciples and he said, now you go and feed them. The Lord did his part and then he's showing them, now it's your turn. You need to be serving these people. And they fed them and it said they were full. Didn't say this was a light little snack, you know, some hors d'oeuvres, kind of munch on it, and, you know, and now you can go home and have dinner. It says they were full. In my family, we call it fed up. At the end of the day, we have our meal and we'll go, oh, we're just fed up. And it's kind of like a little joke, but these people were fed up. They had plenty of food. It says they were full. Even after that, the Lord said to the disciples, okay, now go and gather the fragments. If you read that in the King James Version, it says gather the fragments. And here it said, gather the leftovers. And they put it together and they had 12 baskets left over. Now knowing the Lord, you know, they're not little bread baskets. It doesn't say the size of the basket. At least I don't think it makes reference to it. But knowing the Lord, he never does anything small. He always has a wow moment. He just shows how awesome he is. I'm sure those baskets were nice sized baskets and they were probably overflowing. There were fragments and food left over. Wow. And now the disciples could eat. And what the lessons, the lessons in this little thing just amazes me. Now let's quickly go back over our 10 points. Storing up for the future and not hoarding. So if we look in Proverbs 21:20, the wise store up choice food and olive oil and the fools will gulp it down. During the pandemic, what did we learn? Many of us went into it that were Girl Scouts and we were, you know, a little bit more equipped than most and we had extra canned goods and things in the house. We have a little stockpile or pantry or whatever. I have a friend that's a, a prepper and she probably has 20 years worth of food in her house. That's not me. I'm not saying it's wrong. You do what God has instructed you to do. But the Lord tells us to be prepared, to store up. The wise will store some things away. We went into the pandemic, many people overwhelmed. We've never experienced anything like this. What do we do? How do we get food? Oh no, what's happening? Okay, it says to store up. Did we learn anything through the pandemic? Some people started to store up and like, like anything else, you could become complacent. And then all of a sudden you forget what we had learned in the beginning and things, the stores are starting to fill up a little bit more. And we just sort of, oh, I don't need to get that. It's no big deal. You know, I'm good. Whew. We don't learn our lessons. I'll tell you how much we don't learn our lesson. We had a snowflake fall the other day, right? Everybody probably got snow in this area. Go to the store, no bread, no milk, no butter, no ice cream, all the, boom. Did you not have anything at home at all? Like we had to panic and run to the store and buy at the store? What did we not learn? What does the Bible say? It says to store up. We don't know what's going to happen. Weather, car breaks down, money is really tight. Things are gonna happen. You know what? 
The Bible tells us to store up food. It doesn't say to hoard it. It says to store it up. You need to be wise and do what it says, a wise, the wise store up food. If we are women and we're creating a home, the wise woman builds her home. If you're single, you have a family, the fa your family might just be you. You might be a single parent with kids. Use the wisdom. What do you need to provide for your family? Doing things in order. The Lord told these people to sit down, doing things in order. My, my husband's life verse is doing things in order. And that was found in 1 Corinthians 14.40. Let all things be done decently and in order. My husband always says, if we're confused, we can't make a decision. There's, He said, then the Lord's not in it. The Lord is not the author of confusion. The Lord tells us to do things in order. If you plan a menu, you look at your stockpile, you look at your pantry, you look at your refrigerator, you look at your schedule, you plan out a menu, you buy the foods that you need, you store up some for the future, do things in order. Do unto others, and we're up to number five, do unto others, and then number six, serving others. You know, having things in your home, not hoarding them when a neighbor needs something, throw it together. I had a friend who hurt her leg and was in a wheelchair and her husband had to come to our house to buy, borrow some medical equipment and I didn't have time to cook for them. It was just this quick moment, but I went and I said, what could I gather? I could gather up some fragments. I grabbed some things from the freezer, from the refrigerator, from my stockpile, my pantry. I put it together, a bag of groceries, and I sent that with them. They could cook something. You're going to take from your own? Absolutely. God bless me with that. Give it up to the Lord. Lord, I'm blessing another person. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Number seven, our small things are worth miracles. That little loaf, couple of loaves of bread and that little bit of fish, you might have very little in your home. You know, whatever it is, your talents, your money, your time, your resources, whatever you have, God doesn't need any of that. He owns everything. He's created everything. He doesn't need it. What he wants is you and your heart and your willingness. And if you take up that little bit you have and say, God, and lift it up, Lord, bless this. Watch. Your little can turn into a miracle. This little loaf of bread and, and fish that God broke apart from some little boy that brown bagged his lunch for the day fed thousands, maybe up to 25,000 people from this little bit. That little, little bit was worth a miracle. Give it up to God. Throw it back up and say, God, bless this. How many of you go shopping with an empty cart? If we could just, we can't physically do it. We'd look a little silly at the grocery store, but symbolically lift that cart up. God, what do you have for me this week? God tells us to go feed though. Who do you want me to feed this week? How do you want me to serve this week? What do you want me to do this week? And symbolically lift up that entry empty grocery cart. Lord, help me to be wise and to have a stockpile. Lord, help me to be wise and know what food I need this week. Lord, what do you want me to do this week? Bless this cart. Before I even go into the grocery store, bless the food that is being put in this cart. Lord, just bless every step I take and guide my hands. Lord, give me wisdom to know what I need and what's on sale. This sounds silly, but it is as practical as you can get. Number nine, ask for blessings, just like we talked about. Number 10, gather your fragments. I know people that say, I don't eat leftovers. You know what? If you don't eat leftovers, turn them into a, a pot of soup. You can take anything and turn it into a pot of soup. Maybe if you have leftovers, gather them up and give them to an elderly neighbor or somebody that is sick or 
just just to put a smile on somebody's face and just gather your fragments and give back to others. You gather your fragments, you have more food. One thing I honestly learned during the pandemic, and it amazed me, I would cook a meal that I would think would sustain the three of us. And we got done and there was still food. And I would have lunch for the next day or dinner and maybe even something for the next day. And the more I did and the more consciously I asked the Lord to bless what I had, somehow my freezer was never empty. And I kept saying to my husband, I don't get it. I'm cooking and there's still food in the freezer. It seems like I could not use up my food. I would make something and I'd look and the freezer was still full. It, did it multiply? I don't know. But God multiplied it. God multiplied it. But I was ever so grateful for what I had that I didn't have to go to the store because I had it at home. Have I lost that sensitivity to being grateful? Have I lost that sensitivity of lifting it back to the Lord and saying, Lord, bless this? I have. You know, when the snow hits and you panic and you got to run out, was I disorganized? Was I not doing things orderly enough that I did not need to run out to the store immediately? Was I panic shopping? Did I just need to get it because, and I'm, and I'm taking from someone else that I really didn't need that bread, but somebody else could have used it, and now they go to the store and it's empty. We need to get practical people, practical, practical. Back to our verses. In Proverbs, the wise store up. In 1 Corinthians, do things in order. In Matthew 7, do everything as if you want it done back to yourself. And then in Matthew 14, the bounty of wisdom and instruction that we can get from here. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, even the simplistic things in life like eating food and having a storehouse full in your house and doing to others and asking for blessings and appreciating what we have, all those practicalities, simplicities are right here in scripture for both you and me. I just get so excited when I see God. I like practical. Like, you know, this is life. I'm doing, the rubber's hitting the road right now. I'm raising a family and I, I have a home and I'm trying to live life. And sometimes, you know, we get in, caught up in all these things, but we need the practicality. Here we go. We have hope, people. We have hope. God says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. He tells us. He tells us what to do. Have a storehouse. Give back to others. Ask God to bless it. Watch he blesses it. There's leftovers. Gather your fragments today. What do you need to change in your life today so that you can gather your fragments? Thank you so much for coming by today. Go back and check out some of the past podcasts if you've missed them. And I certainly look forward to seeing you again next week.